1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we get set for another big weekend across Scottish football. Mark Lawwell resigns as Celtic's head of recruitment as Callum McGregor becomes a doubt for Hearts away on Sunday. Philippe Clement's calling for clarity over the handball rule and praising Ridvan Yilmaz ahead of the visit of Motherwell. And there's a big few days ahead for the likes of Aberdeen who could really be doing with a win this weekend I'm Gordon Duncan And joining me tonight You have Simon Donnelly And a real treat An exclusive We are joined by the man Who was the grandpa In the Willy Wonka experience <laughs> In Glasgow It's Mr Hugh Keevans Well uh, Mark Lawwell's resignation Will hog the headlines For obvious reasons When your father's the chairman Of Celtic Football Club I don't know how many of the last 12 signings that Celtic made over two transfer windows are directly down to the intervention of Mark Lawwell, but I do know that Celtic's recruitment has been haphazard, it's been costly, and it hasn't given Brendan Rodgers the strength and depth which he requires. And as you've just told us, Gordon, there's a doubt over Callum McGregor for Tynecastle on Sunday and that is a vitally important match there should have been greater backup available to Brendan Rodgers and it's not there Thank you Grandpa Joe <laughs> Simon Donnelly you were away trekking across yeah. the Sahara Desert <clears throat> last week of all things uh, don't worry you didn't miss much just another quiet week in Scottish football I was in Morocco in the Sahara Desert in the vast dunes of the Sahara Desert and one of the girls had the airpod in <laughs> And it was this guy here, Hugh Cavens, Gordon Dale, live. He can be listened to in the Sahara in the Desert. Sahara Desert. Can you believe it? I am what they I can. need. <laughs> I can just imagine being literally stranded in the desert <laughs> listening to him. Oh my goodness, that's enough to give you shivers out, but incredible. Yeah. It's just been so busy, Simon, and I feel like it's Friday again in the blink of an eye every... Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're we back keep, to it. We keep saying this, it's, it's the business end of the, the season. Uh, that that day in particular Celtic slipped up Dropped points at home to Kilmarnock I've since come back to You know the, the late show at Fir Park With your beloved Motherwell last week uh, And then A rampant Celtic on Wednesday night And at one point You know it was The, the classic symptoms of a, t- a title race When <laughs> it erupted Obviously the, the word was coming through That Kilmarnock had scored But you have to give Rangers credit You know it's a difficult place They've beat Celtic twice there this season to come back and get the three points. So the title race is well and truly on. 0141-951-1025. That is the number you need. So get in touch tonight and let us know what is on your mind. The big breaking news from this afternoon, and it very much involves you Celtic fans, Mark Lawwell has resigned as the club's head of recruitment. So get us your verdict in on that please he's had a lot of stick on this show was that right was it wrong how would you rate some of his signings we can take a look back at the job done assess whether it was good bad or indifferent maybe you've got thoughts on the timing why it's happened now what needs to happen next a restructure someone like for like to take his role give us all your reaction right now please Celtic fans what do you make of that news today that Mark Lawwell is leaving the club. Give us a call. 01419511025. Rangers fans, you are first up this weekend. Psychology Saturdays, as Hugh Keevens would call them. It's the chance to go five points clear again. Give Celtic something to respond to. You're at home to Motherwell. 
you want to talk about the game specifically, be my guest. You want to look at some of the players that have been standing out. There was special praise for Ridvan Yilmaz today from the manager. What have you made of him? Has he surprised you? Has he won you over? No Oscar Cortez, he's out injured. And if you want a good old moan about VAR and who doesn't, well, Philippe Clement certainly uh, got some issues with the handball rule rather than anything else. So get your thoughts in now, please, on 01419511025. Motherwell fans, can you cause an upset? St Mirren fans, uh, new contract being given out today. Aberdeen fans, how much do you need a win? 01419511025. Give us a call right now. What a weekend we have, Hugh Yeah, Cavins. I mean, the psychology of it all is obvious. Rangers are playing a Motherwell side who took Celtic to the wire last Sunday. Uh, but Rangers have home advantage and a, a, a certain amount of momentum building there. And Philippe Clement is only too well aware of the advantages to be had from taking a five-point lead and then Celtic go to Tynecastle. Now, I can't remember the last time we used the words Callum McGregor's a doubt. But I know that fans have been critical of the captain's performance levels of late, but Celtic always would rather start with Callum McGregor than not have him there. So the psychology is if, if uh, Celtic go five points behind, they really have to rise to the occasion. The, the, the fans, you know, Wednesday night dropped out of the sky. Seven goals, a, a standing ovation at half time after they'd scored six of them. Uh, and the fans who had been hypercritical uh, all of a sudden were hyper-supportive. But back to square one on Sunday, it's a must-win game. And out with the old firm, St Mirren Aberdeen tomorrow in Paisley. I've been supportive of the 75-year-old Neil Warnock, but you've got to start delivering, and he's not. There's another one for you Celtic fans. I forgot to mention that in the obvious questions. How big a worry is it, the prospect of being <coughs> without Callum McGregor? Who would you replace him with if you have to? 01419511025. Let's start with that breaking news this afternoon though. So right now is your cue, Celtic fans. Your reaction to Mark Lowell, head of recruitment, stepping down. How do you assess his job done? You can rate some of the signings, what needs to happen next. All of the questions you'd expect but it's you that provides the answers. That is the beauty of it. If you're just joining us or you've not heard the news, I've alluded to it, but the official info that you need, Mark Lawwell is quit as the club's head of recruitment. Chief Scout Joe Dudgeon's also leaving. Uh, I think everyone knows um, Mark is obviously the son of Celtic chairman Peter Lawwell. He joined in 2022, head of first team scouting and recruitment. He was worked previously for about a decade with the City Group um, and... Yeah, it's been a, a fraught relationship uh, on here with the Celtic fans, given the recent transfer windows. But I wonder what you make of it tonight. Let's bring in Joseph, who's going to kick things off. What was your reaction when you heard that news, Joseph? Good evening, Jordan, uh, Hugh and uh, Simon. I think it's uh, absolutely brilliant for the football team. But as I say to you, producer, a lovely man. I say to you, also take his flower with him and the rest of them. And the, the result the other night, that's just paper. Now, I know Simon says dramatic Celtic and uh, very good and all that, but nah, as I say, I, I'm 65, I've been Celtic fan all my life, going to the games, and it's just, it's just a joke. You're just a boy compared to Hugh Evans. Let's start. I, I kind of knew most or a lot of the Celtic fans would go down the route of the family yeah. tie. I, I wonder how much that's 
held Mark Lowell back or, or how much it's um, led to, to criticism it's been it's been quite the relationship between the fans and, and that department on here hasn't it Hugh for the last two years or whatever he became head of recruitment before his father became chairman uh, so I don't think that Peter Lowell had anything to do with the appointment of Mark Lowell. The thing is, right, you've laid out facts there and Celtic have time and time again gone on record and said it was Ange Postacoglu's decision or influence that brought Mark Lowell from the City group. The problem is, you know fine well, you cannot make all the Celtic fans buy that, don't you? There's just this feeling Peter Lowell was there before and then he came back and it's, you know, that's been inescapable on here. What I do know is that the recruitment during the last two windows has been largely unacceptable. There are too many things that have gone seriously wrong. Navrotsky and Lagabielka, £7.5 million, don't play. Tilio, £1.5 million, back in Australia after 28 minutes in a Celtic jersey. Quan now plays for St Mirren. Kobayashi vanished off the face of the earth, uh, as has uh, Thiago Holm. So... Brendan Rodgers needed strength and depth. He needed people coming in who would add quality to the first team, not projects for the future, and he doesn't have that. Therefore, Mark Lowell and Joe Dudgeon were party to a dozen signings, the vast majority of which have been failures. I knew it would come up. I saw a tweet earlier from Declan Hugh, which caught my eye for the sense of humour. Left the club so he could spend less time with his family. <laughs> you sort of knew it would yeah. be along those lines. Uh, Simon, did that did that news like surprise you at all, or the timing of it? You know, yeah, what did you make ti- when you heard ti- it? Maybe the timing of it, but then when you know, obviously, I just discovered it uh, an hour or so ago. Mm-hmm. I think uh, when I thought about it, maybe it has given whoever's coming in a bit of time. You know, because the next. Obviously, from a Celtic point of view, they, they hope to go in and, and retain the title. But, you know, it's another big window. Uh, the next one, I think, when Hugh lists the players off there, uh, it's not really good reading. You know, there's not been a lot of success there. The irony is, in the last two games, you're, you're looking at Yang and Ada. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying they're the entire answer, but they've been very positive. And the, the big guy scored, arguably, Four of the most important goals so far Absolutely. this season for, for Celtic. So, yeah, I think, I think like Joe is at the collar. I think most fans would have expected a lot more mm-hmm. in that transfer window. I think it was quite quiet uh, on a whole, uh, but it's another big window. So maybe this is a thinking, you know, to get new people in for uh, to go down different routes. Because as I say, when uh, Matt Lowell took over, he took you go back to Postecoglou's time. There was some really good recruitment mm. there. The guys came in and, and made a, a hell of a difference very quickly. Maybe get you to rank the signings in a minute. Uh, Joseph, <laughs> is it as simple as you think the recruitment's been bad and therefore this is good news today? Is, is, it, is that the way you feel? Hey, Gordon, I actually think it's the best news I've heard in uh, just a couple of days after my birthday. <laughs> I think that's the best present I got. The best news you heard in a couple of days. I thought he was going to go for a bigger, uh, a bigger see, time frame uh, than that. You know, uh, happy birthday, by the way, Joseph. It, it's only much. It's only good news if you get someone who's better yeah. than Mark Lowell and Joe Dudgeon to do the job. You know that uh, this is coming at an odd time for me. Ten league games to go, the championship race uh, down to the wire, allegedly. Uh, you know, and, and this just adds to a picture at Celtic Park of a season that has been full of highs and lows the fans don't know whether to stick or twist 
You know, at Motherwell last Sunday, they're booed off the park at half-time. They're booing Brendan Rodgers' substitutions and get out of jail. By half-time on Wednesday, they're six up against Dundee and getting a standing ovation. So the fans don't know from one game to the next what mm. kind of Celtic they are going to see. And I repeat the point. Brendan Rodgers was supposed to get strength and depth and he didn't. And the extent to which he was involved in these transfers, Celtic know that and allow us to speculate over that. But the last two windows have not been good for Celtic. And that's why if we can step away from Mark Lowell specifically, these types of roles, Simon, always just proves that result is king and then everything else you know when it's bad everything gets called into question when it's good nothing really gets called into question I me nobody really knows and I'm by the way I'm not saying this is the case but it's just as an example for all we know and Mark Lowell has got a list of unbelievable signing talents that he's put in front of Brendan Rodgers and Brendan Rodgers has decided he doesn't like them or you know guys that you know maybe I don't know, whoever, Yang or any other signing might look better if the guys who were already in the building were performing better. It always seems like if you're the head of recruitment, it ultimately you do have to live and die by that end result. Yeah. And clearly a lot of the signings haven't been good enough, but it must be it must be a kind of joined up I think it, picture. It, it must be a complicated Because if you're going, basically well. what I'm saying is, and that was really clumsy way of putting it, if you're going to give Mark Lowell all the stick for mm-hmm. the bad ones, does he take all the praise for... For any good ones and th- People probably won't do that When results no, are bad I think it's got to be a bit of both Because obviously the manager Has a, a huge say in that as well With the So if I'm not privy to how Celtic operate behind the scenes At the recruitment level But Speaking from experience In that management game It's never straightforward mm-hmm. It's never straightforward But I think Celtic fans Will maybe look to The success of the last sure. Two years Where I think Every one of us has been Pleasantly surprised by the players that come in Let's you know, play a game then with them right So he joined in May 2022 yeah. I'll, I don't know how long this is going to take I'll, I'll shout the name You give me hit, miss or jury still out mm-hmm. Right Thanks to the article in the Scottish Sun That listed all the, the <laughs> signs Burnaby uh, Disaster I said, I said hit yeah. or miss You can't make up your own words Disastrous miss Miss mm. Alistair Johnson Hit Okay. Oh. Jury. Jury. Okay. Moy. Hit. Hit. Aksibanovic. Jury. Oh, miss if he's not there anymore. Avogard. Do remember him. Do me a favour. Segrist. Do me a favour. Iwata. Jury. Yeah, Jury. He showed in the last couple of games. Uh, Moritz Jens. Do me a favour. Didn't see much. Kobayashi. Vanished. This guy just keeps making up his own words. He doesn't know how to play the hit or miss game. Uh, home. Jury. Miss. Ah, barely. Poor young man. Paolo Bernardo. Jury. Jury. Nat Phillips. Miss. Adamida. Hit. hit. Quan. Miss. Mm. Jury. Yang. He, uh, jury. We need jury. to speed this up. Still, Palma. Still a kid. Jury. Jury. Lagerbielka. Miss. Miss. Tilio. Miss. Miss. Kuhn Miss Navrotsky Miss See the way this is going <laughs> 01419511025 Thanks to Joseph Happy belated birthday Andy I don't know if you want to disagree or agree with any of the, the rankings Or just give us your reaction to that news today uh, 
I, I knew two weeks ago that Mark Lowell uh, was leaving Celtic. Uh, what I, I'd like to do is I'd like to make a point that how ungrateful are the Celtic fans? How many of these Celtic fans that are on whinging about Peter Lowell went through the nine in a row that Rangers won? Because I was one of them. And let me tell you, Peter Lowell was a better signing for Celtic than Henrik Larsson. And they need to get a grip and be thankful for what they've had over the last 12, 13 years. Seriously, they need to take a serious look at themselves. I didn't think Andy was... No. Allowed to be praised higher than Henrik Larson. No, I thought those uh, were the rules. You, you simply cannot compare a, a director or a chairman or a chief exec as uh, Peter was with a football player. Henrik Larson's is top three greatest players ever to play for Celtic. So that argument's a non starter. Uh, I, I don't uh, disagree with Andy in as far as Peter Lawwell was uh, part of a very successful business, which continues to be a very successful business. And we all know, because the accounts have told us there are £67 million in the bank, the problem is, as Peter himself said in the mid-season accounts, £23.9 million has gone into the last two windows. And we've just given you far more misses than hits. So, mm. yes, 11 out of 12, Peter Lawwell takes a share of the credit, but uh, it's inescapable that loads of money has been spent on players who will never make it at Celtic. Purely in the interests of time, because I feel like debating the job that Peter Lawwell has done in various roles at Celtic could take a long, long time, Andy. What about specifically his, his son then? Do you think that's been held against Mark? How do you look at the recruitment? What about the news that, that he's stepped down today? Well, what I think you've got to look at is what were the players that had been identified uh, by Mark Lowell uh, designed for an Ange Postacoglu system or a Brendan Rodgers system. Brendan Rodgers, to me, uh, again, has been really, really badly maligned by the Celtic supporters. Guys that are, guys that are flipping burgers at, at, at McDonald's for a tenner an hour trying to tell a guy not to take a multi-million pound deal at Leicester. Wake That's a up. bit disrespectful, yeah. Andy. People are pay their money, they're football fans. That's why we love it. We can all have a say. It's not really fair, is it? They have, to, they have to understand that football is now a business. When I was growing up, it didn't matter who you were. You wanted to play for Celtic or Rangers and you would have done it for nothing. Their days are gone. They're gone. And they have to have a, a dose of realism about them. Uh, the signings, Thiago Home, to me, I think potentially it could be a great signing. I think it could be brilliant. You need to I find them first. Well... It's very easy to be pessimistic. Very easy to call a person who flips burgers for McDonald by the demeaning language that you've used. That doesn't make you a lesser person because you flip burgers in McDonald's. I thought all Celtic supporters were in this together. Right, anyway, let, let's not debate people's line of work too much longer since I'm already two minutes late for the break. But we'll, back to the football discussion for a second. The... Interesting that Andy says about Oh maybe they were signed for an Ange Postacoglu style On the day or in the week That Brendan Rodgers has assembled Written journalists at Lennox Town yeah. Shown them clips of goals Celtic have scored this season In an attempt to prove that the style is actually very similar um, I know a lot of Celtic fans don't agree with that But Brendan Rodgers is adamant Andy sounds to me like He's trying to apologise. One of the apologies. There's nothing wrong at Celtic, you know, and that, that 
people have got to understand that they, they don't know as much as the people who run the club. Obviously, obviously, Brendan Rogers knows more uh, about football than me or glad, hundreds glad of thousands you of others. That up. Yeah, uh, but you know that the, the, there have been big mistakes made, big mistakes costing millions of pounds, and. I don't think that Mark Lowell resigned because it's too cold in Scotland. I think he resigned because his work has been found mm. to be unsatisfactory. That was Andy on 01419511025 and if you call right now, you could join him. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Simon Donnelly are here. 0141-951-1025. If you want to get in touch, and please do, that's the number Paul has dialed. How are you, Paul? Not bad, not bad. Glad to hear uh, Matt Lowell's gone. Um, his signings have been disastrous. Um, I think the big question for me is who said you can only spend this much on a player um, I can only think it's going to be his father Peter Law the last guy that was on was right about the amount of success that we've had since he's been there but it's all about managing expectations my son's right into Formula 1 and it would be like Max Verstappen who's been the champion for a few years getting his new car in the un- Un, uh, uncover it and it's a Morris Minor so the Celtic supporters don't have a God-given right to win everything but it's about expectation and living up to our expectations you're going to you know nobody's entitled to win the league every year but the success that Celtic have had should uh, breed you know more success and uh, the signings just have not been up to it mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everything was going great when Ange Postecoglou was here. The signings were coming in rapidly, and then um, uh, Peter Law comes back, and it's dead slow and stop. It's like the McGinn thing all over again. Oh, don't start Hugh Evans on that. He's banned from that topic. <laughs> How um, long have I got? Like, I, I'm no expert on board structures and that sort of stuff. I mean, to get technical about it, Peter Lawwell is the chairman of the board. I don't think does control exactly how much Celtic spend but well, I don't think we're ever going to get away from no, no, no. the accusation that his hand is over these things let's let's go specifically on recruitment because Paul's part of that then is Paul saying you know spend more but when we've gone through that that list Hugh yeah. you're the guys that said they were misses don't, don't yeah, blame yeah, yeah. me so you Novorotsky know, was over 4 million Lagerbilk is the same yeah. Kuhn although it's early is 3 million can you spend more? Yes, obviously, but these are not tiny amounts of money. Surely it's more about how you spend it, and that is surely where your head of recruitment yeah, comes he, into play. He's hired for a specific purpose. Paul's absolutely correct when he said there is no God-given right to win the league. But the fans are entitled to expect a high level of efficiency. Now, he was appointed, Mark Lowell, along with Joe Dudgeon, and they have not delivered that high level of efficiency. There's been a a catalogue of failure here. And incidentally, all these failures will have to be got rid of because if they're not good enough this season, they won't be good enough next season. So you can't have all that deadwood hanging about the place. That is even 
surely you would admit not always guaranteed to be the case. There are plenty of players that haven't started like rapid fire and have turned it around. I, I yeah. said it the other night, you've got, you know, today we're sitting, Philippe Clement banging well, on Yilmaz. about how excellent Yilmaz is. You know, if I'd asked you about Rangers recruitment a year ago, he'd have <coughs> gone in your miss category. I, I understand that there are exceptions to the rule. However, I look down the list that you read out to Simon and I, and you know there are players there that have been rejected by Brendan Rodgers very, very early. Now, he rejected them. I didn't. The manager rejected them. That's why Laga Bielka would be off the premises already were it not for the fact that Carter Vickers get injured. Navrotsky, no, not for me. And we can go through the list again. They will have to be got rid of. The majority of these players will have to be moved on and Celtic will have to spend another high amount of money to get in people who can do the job. Um, I've no idea what route Celtic go down, Simon. Is this an opportunity for a... A restructure, maybe, you know, Celtic, unlike a lot of big clubs, don't have that sporting director, director yeah. of football. <clears throat> um wonder if maybe this is a, a time that that could Yeah, happen. listen, it might be. As I say, I'm not privy to what goes on behind the scenes, but, you know, I think the timing of it, as Hugh's saying there, uh, well, several months before the next transfer window, so it's plenty of time to put whatever sort of structure they want to put in place. Uh but yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where the fans will look to the last couple of transfer windows and maybe not too enamoured with it. Uh, as I said, there was a lot of negativity around the striker, Ida, who came in, and he's came in and did well. But uh, I'm just scribbling down there before as she was talking, you've got Jota, Maeda, O'Reilly, Kyogo, Hitati, Carter Vickers mm. in recent times that would be before Mark Lowell's time though wouldn't right. it yeah. so, but I know but fans will look back to that yeah. you know these players coming in and every one of them doing really well you know Jota obviously moved on the others have had major yeah. impact over the last couple of seasons so they'll be looking for that the other side of it as well from a, a player's perspective as well a few of these boys are still very young you, you talk about O oh and, and Yang and, and boys like that and the boy home as well they, they all look like decent footballers they're coming into a big club at Celtic people out there will maybe say well we don't want you know those those type of players we want ready made but these lads are still young uh, you, might, you might say I'm not comparing light with light here but I'm looking at kids winning a cup with Liverpool last weekend you know yeah. three teenagers are on the park and two 20 year olds so this age factor uh, Nicholas Kuhn is 24 yeah, I didn't I mean, mention Kuhn. No. I mean, I'm talking about the. I'm talking about lads. So I take your point there absolutely because I love to see young boys. There was a young boy came off the the, the bench the other night and scored his first goal for Celtic. Daniel Kelly, and Celtic yeah. have have been known for for giving players a chance. I'm just saying, guys like Yang and O have came to a club. It's a different environment as well to come into Scottish football from where they've been. Mm. You see it at different other clubs. We only have to look across the city, Yilmaz playing left back there now he's getting a run of games I think Iwata could be a decent player for Celtic but he's not at games players you know might sometimes need a, might need a big involvement now if Callum McGregor's to be yeah, injured he was I playing th anyway listen, I think he's a player that can come in and handle it the only question over him is his, his fitness mm -hmm. he seems to pick up injuries but you look back to again this is what Celtic fans will probably look at the likes of the ones I've listed there they almost every one of them and it was a real pleasant surprise they all came in and hit the ground running they were all I mean, O'Reilly, Hitati, uh, was it Maeda, came in for the, the Rangers game at the turn of the year. They all seemed to just 
hit the ground running. That doesn't always happen. 01419511025, remember, if you want to chip in uh, with your say, and please do. Thanks very much to Paul. It was nice to hear from you, Paul. What about Edward in Haddington? Edward, this all really comes down, this news today, to what have you made of recent recruitment, and is that good news that Mark Lowell's moved on, or is it more complicated than that? How do you feel? Uh, I, I agree with the boys. Some of the signings haven't been great. No, they haven't, but if you're always trying to get find that rough diamond to sell on again, you're going to get a few that's not so good and a few that is so good, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way I see it. Um, but I know it's... So I don't see much difference it makes. If, if Brendan Rodgers or the manager is not making the final decision, then it doesn't really matter, does it? Because he's buying into a team that doesn't, he, he does players that he doesn't want or know about. So like, unless like, he signs off on them, you know? Langer Bielka, Navrotsky and Tilio come to £9 million. These are not rough diamonds. £9 million. One of them is back in Australia after 28 minutes in a Celtic jersey. One of them would have been out mm. had it not been for Carter Vickers' injury and the other one can't be trusted. They're not rough diamonds, yeah, they're take, mistakes. Yeah, but take Edward's point in general, sort of buy low-ish, sell high. I think, you know, that's what Edward means. We won't pick him up too much. What about the... But, See something that is in there again. We've said this before about this sort of accountability and separation of it. If you take Lager Bielka and Navrotsky, we've said this in the show before, there are only now real two solutions that they are recruitment failures because they're not good enough mm-hmm. or Brendan Rodgers has got them wrong. They actually are good signings, but he doesn't see it for whatever reason. I've no interest to me which one it is, but that seems like the only... Are they like the only outcomes now? So is that why it does become... Complicated, like is Navrotsky definitely a terrible signing? Is Lagerbielka definitely a terrible signing, or do they deserve more of a chance? I mean, we'll never really know because we don't see them every day. I think Lagerbielka, in Brendan Rodgers' mind, was cast aside very early. Uh, hence the reason why he would have been away by now, but for Carter Vickers' injury. And I think Brendan Rodgers also looks at Navrotsky and does not trust him because. You had Scales and Welsh playing together as a partnership while Carter Vickers was out injured. Therefore, you wouldn't put Navrotsky in ahead of them. Now, if it's the case that Lagabielka and Navrotsky are hidden gems and the manager just can't see it, then do you need a new manager? No, that's what I'm saying. That I almost, like, as soon as I brought that up, it's not that that's what I think. I mean, in terms of that seems like the only two possible solutions. There's no other explanation to terrible piece of recruitment or actually maybe they're not bad but the manager doesn't see it. There's no other other answer. Well, it's entirely down to Brendan Rodgers because he picks the team and he, for me, has taken Mm. a look at the pair of them and thought, not for me. That said, seen a bit more of of Navrotsky. Um, I mean, Edward, is there a particular area that you think the recruitment has suffered recently or how would you sum it up? Well, without, um, I feel like I'm rhyming on here, but uh, if I could just get a one wee point of across. Course. Carry on. Uh, um, my, I'd like to ask Brendan Rogers for a start. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but if we've got Welsh, Scales, um, Carter Vickers, then the other two boys, okay, maybe one of them is not great, but I think the Largabielka fellow's not a bad player. I think he should be given a chance. Um, I think the boy uh, that's been sent away back to Australia for tw- after 28 minutes, then that's a wee bit unfair on him, I think. Getting him all the way over here, signing him, and then letting him play for 28 minutes. 
You know, surely they, he must. They must have seen him before before they signed him. You know, that's what they that's that, that that just comes back to it, Simon. Then is that bad recruitment? Is he miles off it in training where all Brendan Rodgers needs we, we, we is a few know. days or a few months to say no, nope, you won't do. We don't know. We can only speculate. I mean, I, I remember seeing that lad when he played in Australia, and I thought he looked okay. He's got a good goal last week. I noticed in Australia, they, if it's of they, any consolation. Uh, I think I covered the game that he only got on for the 28 minutes that you're talking about but we haven't seen him and it's one area where Celtic have quite a lot of players in uh, I don't know he came, he came injured he, he was injured at the mm. start of the season Well there we are that's your reaction to Mark Lowell Celtic's head of recruitment leaving if you've got anything more to add you can do what about your Rangers fans you might want to chip in here ahead of a big weekend Motherwell tomorrow Philippe Clement's been praising Ridvan Yilmaz uh, of course he was having his say on the handball decision uh, at Rugby Park midweek as well so get your calls in right now whilst I tell you about this Clyde One. Make me a winner. you know they talk about that Friday feeling right and I don't, never really get it because we have a longer show on a Saturday than we do the rest of the week yeah. that's when we actually pretend to work a bit harder on a Saturday <laughs> but just imagine Joanne's Friday feeling she's getting ready for a weekend away with her friends she gets the call picks it up says make me a winner straight away and won £150,000. Oh, Joanne, well done. Unbelievable. She's planning a trip to Italy. Remember, Hugh Keevans went on a tour-guided holiday of Italy. Joanne, he can point you in the right direction. She's going to get a new car, upgrade the house, the full shebang. We could make you the winner of £152,000 on Monday when we make the next call, (coughs) but you need to be in the draw by texting YES to 61025. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com for £2 or call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at your standard rate as well. If you get the call after 3pm Monday, answer within five rings, say make me a winner straight away and you win £152,000. Text yes to 61025. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Simon Donnelly are here. They're about to be joined on the line by Dell, who is in Edinburgh. How are you, Dell? I'm all right, pal. How are you? Not bad, not bad. What have you got for us tonight? Yeah, just to ask um, Hugh a couple of questions, or a few questions if I can. Go for it. Um, I'll be as fast as I can. Um, so, how are you doing, Hugh? Are you all right? I'm good, Dell. Uh, it's good to speak to you again. I've spoken to you over the years, all the way through the last 25 years or whatever it is. Thank you. On, on our phone and... and uh, <laughs> the romance. I, <laughs> Finally I'm found a fan. Out. It's taken us a while. Well, I'm definitely a fan. I, I'm definitely <laughs> a fan. But I was, I was going to ask you, Hugh, so... Um, given the the penalty that Kamarnock got, mm-hmm. um, later on in the game, um, there were two penalties... The Rangers claimed they weren't awarded. Um, do, do you think? My first question, then I'll have a couple after that, if that's okay. My first question is: um, Do you think that VAR is um, working the way it should in Scotland? Um, do you think that the, the the two penalty claims for Rangers at Kilmarnock the other day were penalties given the? The one that was First of all, in general terms, Del, I do not think that VAR has enhanced the game one little bit in this country. And I know that in England and other places you could say exactly the same thing. But I'm confining myself to our country, our leagues. And I don't think that VAR 
is helping at all. I think there are too many mistakes being made. Too many points are being denied clubs because of obvious errors uh, by either the referee or VAR. I think John Lundstrom, Cammy Bell used a phrase on television on Wednesday night, and I think he's right. John Lundstrom, in this day and age, is a penalty. Do you think it actually is, though? Because even when you look at that one back, and Dell says Rangers claimed for two, let's knock one in the head, because the, the, the one that where the ball pops up, I think it's Stuart Finlay, that, that can't be. It just you can't give them under any mm. um, interpretation of new or old laws. However, I think Lewis Mayo um, one is, is maybe a different picture. John Lundstrom's looks dramatic because the arm flies out, but at point of contact, is his arm not tucked? You know, they talk about yeah, it yeah. being silhouettes and... Mm. Um, so unnatural you, position because that obviously is a motion but is that after the ball uh, yeah I mean I, th- I think that by the way I'll play a clip from Philippe Clement which probably sums up the difficulty um, of it because we are seeing when VAR first came in here and anywhere actually because I think that I know you said I'm confining myself but actually the bigger question is does it enhance football anywhere because see if it did no, see, no, if, it doesn't. see no. if you were to say Oh, watch the Spanish league, and I love it. VAR is unbelievable. Uh, no, there, yeah. we're doing it wrong. No. It's kind of the same. We're, we're um, getting VAR age decisions. That Lundstrom, yeah, you're quite right to defend them, but in this day and age of VAR, you'll get the penalty. The night before, or rather, the same night mm-hmm. at Pataudry, uh, the handball decision yeah. that gets St Johnson a penalty there. That's a VAR age decision. Um, the, the the one that uh, penalty that Hart's got against Hibbs. For the life of me. Yeah, but let's, Never confine, let's confine ourselves to handball. And I think that's where Dale's right to ask the question, though, because what he's saying is that, that you can't say that because when the ball hits Lewis Mayo's outstretched arm, where's your, in this day and age, that's a penalty? Well, that's or the, when the ball for... when the ball hits uh, in the, the St. Ross County St. Mirren game. Yeah, of course. Um, so that, that sort of, those are a penalty in this day and age. Well, those weren't. And that's where the frustration's coming in. Well, therefore... In general terms, uh, VAR is not enhancing the game. It's not creating maximum efficiency. There are too many serious errors and they're not going uh, without notice because they are costing Mm. teams the potential of three points as opposed to one point and so on and so forth. And it's becoming a worry. And yet you watch Partick Thistle last Friday night and you go, oh, "Oh, give us VAR, give us VAR. How have they not had goals, you know, how have they had goals chopped off for those offside? Um, Del, what was your own take on it then? Maybe in terms of what you thought it would be like and versus now. Well, you go by the standard that the referee sets. The the first penalty that Kamarat were awarded, if that's a penalty, then the Marpenian... the other ones are penalties. But um, if, if I could ask you um, another question, um, it would be, um, given the turnaround and uh, the league, when Rangers have went from being so many points behind to being ahead in the league and the potential of going five points ahead tomorrow, um, do you think there's enough credit given to the uh, Rangers and the turnaround, or do you think it's been ignored? Oh no, you could hardly use the word ignored, Dale. Uh, you know, th- I'm starting to think Hugh Evans would get Philippe Clement posters on his wall, Dale, and you're asking yeah, if they're getting yeah. enough credit. I mean, you know, th- not just me, but he's been given all the credit in the world, and deservedly so. Uh, no, no player who has uh, improved under Clement uh, has been overlooked. 
the signings he's made uh, have been praised to the heavens. So ignored is the very last word you could use. He has had magnificent publicity. And the, the, the fact that he has taken Rangers from the seven-point deficit to the two-point advantage, we, we bang on about it every day. Every daily newspaper does it every day. Every Sunday newspaper does it every weekend. Television, radio. He, he has been heralded since his arrival in Scotland. Let's hear from the man himself on the subject Dale called in about initially. Um, because I know people are critical of referees and critical of VAR and that's perfectly valid but for the Rangers manager he actually thinks that the rule is making it hard for referees here's what he had to say I hope for the future that there can be more uh, clarity about things because I know there are decisions made in a grey zone I don't think with the handball rule that it's become easier for the referees or the VR. It has become more difficult with that rule and the way it's uh, decided by UEFA or FIFA about that. It's more difficult. That's why it's also important that there's more clarity because my job is also to explain my players what they can do or not do on a pitch and what is handball or not. I don't think it's good for the game if all the players start running around in the 30 or in the 60 meters with all their hands on their back, what you see already now. But even then, when your arm is like that, it's, it's sometimes handball. So like this, you cannot defend, you cannot turn. It's not good for the game that they run around like, uh, like penguins. <laughs> I want to see Hugh Keevans do that impression before the end of the show. I just quite like the, the, the measured nature of that. Simon. Right, just an acknowledgement that Look, it's more exciting for us and I'm, it's not lost on me that this is what we dine out on, but rather than saying, you know, our refs are just getting these hopelessly wrong, which you could say they are, or, you know, we are terrible at VAR or VAR doesn't work, just maybe a, an appreciation that football as a whole has got a little bit out of, out of hand, maybe a little yeah. bit out of control with some of the rules and some of the things that people are expected to pick up. Because I, I look at that, see the Ross County one the other night, it's the yeah. best example because everybody, absolutely everybody... Yeah thinks that's a howler and I wonder if we've been kidding ourselves on this notion that you know on in five years you'll iron that stuff out I feel like I've got bad news for everyone someone might still call that wrong in 10 years yeah. in 20 you're asking humans to use their eyes to use it and, and come up with a subjective decision you're never ever 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 going to get that perfect I feel like we're chasing a perfection that doesn't exist absolutely but I, I think uh and for the benefit of Dale, I'll, I'll give his manager some even more praise. I think he's right there. I think there needs to be more clarity with that rule. Uh, I've seen handballs, and only the other night, Dale has to talk about the one that was given against his team, and he's looking for two for his team. No, nobody really knows. Mm -hmm. The players don't know. And as, as Clement says there, you're going to have players running about in that final third with their arms tucked behind their back it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. madness there needs to be some sort mm -hmm. of clarity and, and rule change with that one that's it I don't disagree but I also fear that there is no level of clarity which will get us to a situation where everyone agree, agrees no, no. and the decisions no. made it, it just doesn't exist but we can always strive for it I suppose thank you very much to Dale let's play this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion Scottishsun.co.uk/football. Uh, no one really knows what the record is on Beat the Pundit this week because there was an almighty stewards inquiry 
last night yeah. about the all-seater stadium. Was it yeah. Clyde Bank? Was it Aberdeen who got it first? Let's hope tonight is a bit more straightforward. You have until 7 o'clock if you want to play Hugh or Simon and you must dial 0141951125. Clyde Bank were first. <laughs> The headlines 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Simon Donnelly are here on 0141 951 1025. If you want involved in the conversation from the first hour, maybe it's about Mark Lawwell's resignation as Celtic's head of recruitment. Plenty of reaction already in the bank. If you want to add something, please do. Uh, had some Rangers input just before. The news talking about the handball situations midweek against Kilmarnock. Looking ahead to this weekend, Rangers fans, what are you thinking? Oscar Cortez out injured. How big a blow is that? This is a so-called easier game on paper. Pains me to see it maybe than the last two. Um, how significant could trying to take that five-point lead again and lay down another marker? Uh, what are you thinking about the title race? Get your calls in. Any Aberdeen fans out there? Just how big is this weekend are you starting to worry is this starting to look like a, a relegation battle if you want to get specific about team news at Tynecastle uh, maybe you Celtic fans want to air your concerns about the potential absence of Callum McGregor anything else that's out there get your calls in right now and we will play this first Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football right Beat the Pundit time you know you are on the edge of history oh. on the edge of glory as Lady Gaga would say <laughs> Yeah, because you could become the first pundit ever to win three times in one week yeah. Now, most people don't, this week? most yeah. people don't get the chance because you're thinking, why would you have the that same trick. pundit on three times this week? He but listen, ball. we needed him <laughs> we needed him to step up to the plate this week and uh, he's won twice yeah. some going once in a Give him the chance of the hat trick. Don't you try and wriggle out of it just because you've been in the Sahara Desert for the last week and you're worried that you've not brushed up. Ian is going to take part tonight. How's it going, Ian? Good, thanks. Yourselves? Not bad, Ian. It says you're an Air United fan. How is life going as an Air United fan? Are you over the Gordon DL years? Take a while to get over that stuff? Yeah, yeah, we're over them. We'll now get Mr. Brown in charge, so we're quite happy down here. Ah, two similar characters. What a result. Last game out, uh, last time out, sorry, Dunfermline tomorrow. Can you keep that run going? Uh, hopefully. He's, he's had, he's, I mean, his first three games in the United Rafe Partick at home, so he's had a hard, hard run, but, but you can see a structure and a shape and a way of playing now makes a big difference. Five goals, three goals, seven goals. Yeah. Are, are air the new entertainers? Well, Bruni's doing very well. He's, he's got, the, I mean, we went to Ibrox in the, the cup tie. It wasn't. Uh, the route that people were predicting. Uh, so he, he started very well. Talk about the championship, though. I mean, it's always tight. It's always great. You look at midweek, Dundee United, their own fans furious. But, but Wraith couldn't take advantage either, really. Both level and 51 points, although that might be a good point because Morton were yeah. flying. Partick have had some tough results. Um, and tomorrow for us, certainly in this part of the world, Partick... Dundee United the Simon Donnelly Derby nobody's calling <laughs> well do you know what they've met twice this season and the aggregate score is Dundee United 8 Partick Thistle nil. but I just think that Thistle will get a, a bigger chance tomorrow that, that, that game a, at Firhill yeah oh it's tasty yeah, yeah. tasty right Pretty anyway sure. let's play this is the big game of the weekend don't let anyone fool your heads it will be the chance for the hat trick in a week for Hugh Keevans Tales it will be Simon Donnelly 
and the coin has taken history away from us. It is a tales. So Simon mm. will play. We will give him some greatest hits radio to listen to. Turn it up nice and loud. Uh, and that means it's just you and I, sort of, Ian, 30 seconds, answer as many as you can, and pass if you don't know the answer, okay? No bother. Good man, 30 seconds going on the clock, and your time <coughs> starts now. How many Scottish Premiership sides have an artificial pitch? Two. Which team is currently second in the Scottish Championship? Wraith. Which Scot manages the Tampa Bay Rowdies? Oh, pass. What trophy did Kenny Dalglish win as interim Celtic manager? League Cup. Name the only SPFL club beginning with B. SPFL? Pass. Who did Rangers sign James Tavernier from? Wigan. Who scored more league goals, Bojan Miofsky or Queen's Park's Rory Payton? Uh, Miofsky. Okay, let's bring him back. Simon Donnelly, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Same set of questions to you. You ready? Yeah, go for it. Good. 30 seconds on the clock and your time. Starts now. How many Scottish Premiership sides have an artificial pitch? Two. Which team is currently second in the Scottish Championship? Wraith. Which Scot manages the Tampa Bay Rowdies? Pass. What trophy did Kenny Dalglish win as interim Celtic manager? League Cup. Name the only SPFL club beginning with B. <sighs> Pass. Who did Rangers sign James Tavernier from? Oh, man. Who scored more league goals Aberdeen's Bojan Miofsky Or Queen's Park's Rory Payton I'll go Payton Okay okay What do you think Ian Have you done enough uh, I think it could be a tie mm, Let's find out How would you have done Hugh Would they sound difficult to you Have I got Bonnie Rig Rose for the B Bonnie Rig Why oh, spoil it Spoiler <laughs> uh, Right How many Scottish Premiership sides Have an artificial pitch It's two Levy yeah. and Kilmarnock You yeah. both got that right. um, It would help if I had some sort of Foresight And didn't advertise 30 seconds before That Wraith Rovers were second So we um, both got that So well. you both got that as well right. None of you got the Tampa Bay Rowdies <clears throat> Is it Stephen Glass? No Robbie Nielsen Is Robbie Nielsen there? Yeah. Yeah. Aye, yeah Robbie Nielsen I was wondering What is a rowdy? Is it, is it just as in Someone who Is noisy Is it? noisy? I think just a, a rowdy had something to do with the when did cattle, go there? Was that cattle re- drifter. Is that recently? Uh, no, it was a few months ago now. Great, I remember. Uh, is it, so is it just like the Tampa Bay boisterous no, people? Guys. Is that what it means? Surely. Is there no, more back to in it? The, back in the, the Wild West days, uh, a rowdy ah. was something to do with uh, cattle. Was it? See, that's mm. why you're here. The ed- Hugh the educator Right anyway, um, got a bit distracted there. None of you got it. We're still level. Kenny Dalglish won the League Cup. Both of you got it. Still oh, level. Dear. The only SPFL club beginning with a B. Bonnie Rig Rose. Bonnie Rig Rose. None of you got it. So we're still level. Who did Rangers sign James Tavernier uh, from? Wigan. Ian got it. Yeah. It's going to be settled on a 50-50. Wigan. Who has scored more league goals? Aberdeen's Bojan Miofsky or Queen's Park's Rory Payton? What did Ian go for? Ian went for Miofsky. Uh-huh. Simon Went for Rory Payton. Bojan Miofsky's got 13. Uh-huh. Rory Payton has 14. <laughs> oh. My heart breaks for you, Ian. We're going to go to a tiebreaker. You was Payton after that. Yeah, I knew it. You're a fan of. Don't turn your back on the championship. That would be my advice to you. You're a fan of the championship. Anyway, um, right, we're going to go to the tiebreaker. 
just wondering if we've had this question. Oh, like, no. Tell me we're not repeating a tiebreaker, or is it just that we've? But Simon's been in the desert anyway, so yeah. I think they're all along a similar theme recently. Um, I think that's why we might need to mix it up, or people are going to start predicting the tiebreaker. How many games have the Scotland men's team won? Ever, <laughs> Simon Donnelly, write it down. Ever, yeah. How many games have the Scotland men's team won? Write it down. What I've noticed about these questions is people are getting the miles out. Go on, let's see. Write it down. Okay, that's fine. Right, what are you going for, Ian? 230. 230. Simon Donnelly says... 450. <laughs> oh, don't make me do this arithmetic. Because <laughs> the thing <laughs> is... Somewhere in between. Yeah, you'll find that it is really simple, but just because the pressure's on yeah, them now working right, what, what have you said, Simon? 450. Right, okay, so... Right, and what, what did what did, Ian, what did say? Ian say again? Two thirty. Right, that's fine. Even I, safe. even I can handle that arithmetic. Not to worry. The answer is three hundred and eighty-eight. <laughs> Simon Donnelly gets it. Oh, nothing worse than a tiebreaker win for the pundits on a Friday night. Ian, hard Sorry, Ian. lines. Oh, Good man, Ian. Thank you. Well played, Ian. All the best, mate. There we go. The king of the ugly win. Strings out another one. Shog, yes. Yeah. What was it? It was something similar either last night or the or the night before. Um, it was a stat like that about Scotland, and I think it was Mark Wilson who won it, and he was a thousand out. Yeah, he was nearly and a thousand, thousand out. <laughs> you you did one with me before uh, Scotland percentage right. rate, and that was ridiculously high. This is my call to the production staff: the next tiebreaker can't be a rare stat about the Scotland men's <laughs> national team because I think we've done them all. Let's uh, let's mix it up a bit. Let's have a bit of variety in our lives. But anyway, well done. Simon Donnelly wins it. 01419511025. Sounds so pleased. Nah, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm team listener. Unless there's like real history to be made, um, you can get your calls in right now, by the way. So like I said before, it's up to you. What you would you want to talk? You're talking about the title race, perhaps? We've not actually spoken about that tonight. It feels mm. like that's dominated for weeks. You want to talk about Mark Lawwell leaving? Rangers fans, Oscar Cortez is injured, Ridvan Yilmaz has been singled out for praise. As usual, a week rarely goes by without talking about VAR. I feel like we had gone a little bit quieter on handballs, but they're back with a bang this week. I just feel like on the pitch, you, you look up and down the division, what a weekend we should have in store. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell my Jim Duffy story? Programme uh, finishes on sure. Wednesday, <laughs> and Duff has given me a run up the road. Now, we know during the programme that Celtic have gone one up and once we get out of the studio into the newsroom we're told Rangers have gone one down so I get into Jim's car but he doesn't turn on the football and I'm thinking this is an old fashioned guy he wants to get through the night Do you not quiz him? Were you choking? Get, were you chomping at the bit to get I, it? Well of course but you, I'm thinking he you wants can't to go get touch to... another man's radio no, exactly. when he's giving you a lift home. <laughs> no, no, I'm very respectful. I mean, especially I am... you who would probably press the on-off button yeah. in the ignition. I am respectful of those who give me a lift, and there are many of them. But I get home and I don't know what's happening. And Lady Keevans of Bears Den is watching some load of rubbish in the television. I said, "Could I just turn that over for a second? Like that? And I had to move closer to the screen because I thought that says Celtic six Dundee nil. And I moved closer to the screen and sure enough, that was a performance that fell out of the sky. You know, because on the, the, the programme that I had just left, we're getting callers again who were blaming Bl Brendan Rodgers for changing the style of play. And there they are, six up at half time and then Daniel Kelly scores a magnificent goal in the second half and Rangers 
great resilience to come back from a goal down and I thought this has the potential to be quite something but Celtic at Tynecastle on Sunday face a monumental task and they really are going to have to take every ounce of optimism from what happened at Celtic Park on Wednesday and carry that into the game at Tynecastle because it's a real stiff examination of Celtic because with the greatest respect to Blair Spittle and to Lennon Miller and all aboard the good ship Motherwell, Rangers are overwhelming favourites to go five clear tomorrow. See, you missed a lot of this when you were in the I missed a lot Sahara that, Desert. I, I, listen, I think the, the result or the performance for Celtic the other night was on the back of the the, the late show at Fir Park. You had the two guys, yes, Carter Vickers came on and he makes a huge impact to that team. He plays when he's fit. But the other two lads that came on made a positive impact. They were involved in the goals. And I... Then it, it switches to the, the Wednesday and it's a different pressure starting the game. But they took that form and that energy straight into that game. Celt, that was the best I've seen Celtic for a long time. The first half, mm. there was a lot of energy in their game. Fantastic goals, a lot more crosses into the box. From set plays, the deliveries were excellent. Uh, and yeah, they, they absolutely, as Hugh says, they have to take that into the next game. Their record at Tynecastle in recent times hasn't been too bad. They've, they've, they've had a decent return there albeit Hearts beat them at Celtic Park but these are, I mean we talk about a title race these are the big games Rangers have an advantage tomorrow to go and open up the gap and then it will be over to Celtic to see if they can respond on Sunday 01419511025 that's the number Richard has dialed Richard's a Rangers fan what's on your mind ahead of this weekend Richard? Hi good evening panel hope you're all well yeah good um, thanks I was on prior to the, the game at Kilmarnock and I was highlighting that I think teams out with the old firm need a wee bit more credit when they put up a good performance. I think it's brushed aside that when teams take points off off the old firm, it's a poor performance from Rangers and Celtic. And I think on, on uh, Wednesday night, I highlighted that teams need to get a bit of credit. Now, I think Kilmarnock were slightly unfortunate not to take anything from the game. And I want to just sort of reiterate my point. So, look, they played a good game. They put up a good performance. Delighted, I said Rangers would take the points away from Kilmarnock, and they did. But they were a very well organised side, and I think that they'll finish um, definitely in the top six, um, if not probably higher than the, the the six. Yeah, I think they'll be aiming high, surely. Um, Kilmarnock. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be inconsistent, isn't it? Because tale as old as time, the budgets are not even in the same stratosphere. And you get a real sore one like Hearts where everyone's building it up and saying third best team in the country flying and then it's 5-0 and it's an absolute doing. But their points total is really good. They're about as close yeah, to second as we've seen in a while. But, but what, Rangers what, started that game well. They get the early goal and they, they, they really yeah, put what, the foot to the floor against Hearts. You know, it, they didn't give them... And then Kilmarnock get edged out the other night. But realistically, what more can... In head-to-heads, what more are they going to do in a season than... Knock Celtic out a cup, beat Celtic in the league, beat Rangers in the league, and yeah. then and then run them close. Yeah, um, it's funny. It's just Rangers... never going to happen consistently, I suppose. No, but I th- listen, I think I think I said this the other night as well. People talk about the the poor first half Celtic had at Fir Park, but you've got to give Motherwell credit. You've got to give the teams credit. It's not you can't just go. I know they they did roll Dundee over on on uh, Wednesday night or hammered Dundee on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and Rangers had five. But it's, it doesn't happen every game. It doesn't happen every game. And Rangers the other night, you know, 1-0 down 
at Kilmarnock, as you say, they've already taken the scalp of Celtic twice mm-hmm. down there. They've did well to come back. I do think it, it's... I get where Richard's coming from. It is unavoidable, Hugh. It's not yeah. just us, believe it or not. If Bournemouth take points off Man United, yeah. the full weekend is about... Ten hag this and look yeah. at what a shell of a club and all you know it's never really about credit to the that's just a supply and demand thing and yeah. expectation versus result but I do take Richard's point yeah but you know the, earlier on with the Rangers fans saying that he felt that uh, Philippe Clement had been ignored <laughs> I mean how can you possibly come to the conclusion he's been ignored he's in more column inches than anyone else since he arrived here uh, but. You use the correct phrase, supply and demand. There are more Celtic and Rangers fans than any other type. And newspapers are in the business of selling to the, the, the target audience. And there'll be more Celtic and Rangers uh, supporters who will buy newspapers than any other kind. Um, but that is not to say that Derek McInnes has been overlooked. Derek has had very favourable publicity. Uh, Tony Doherty had very favourable publicity and then got thumped 7-1 uh, on Wednesday night but obviously the emphasis on Celtic scoring seven goals and the emphasis is on Rangers coming back from a goal down because we have a title mm. race and we have a, a red hot title race at the moment and there are 10 games to go so with the best will in the world you're never going to start the story with how well Derek has got Kilmarnock going or Tony Doherty and how well he's settled into to management. It's about the title mm. race and it's about a 2-1 win against the the odds when Rangers went a goal down and they had the goalkeeper to thank for not going two goals down. And it's about Celtic and the performance that fell out of the sky. And now all of a sudden they've scored 10 goals in the last two games. Richard, on paper, Hearts maybe would have been tricky and it, it didn't transpire. On paper, Kilmarnock would have been tricky. And Rangers still come away with all three points. It looks more straightforward against Motherwell. Do you expect that to be five points and pressure back onto Celtic? Uh, I've got a very good friend who's a season ticket holder at Motherwell, so be very careful what I say here because <laughs> no doubt he will be listening. Um, I would suspect that Rangers will take three points from Motherwell. Um, I think... Uh, can hold me to this. I think you're talking maybe three or four goals uh, in the game. But Motherwell are so a team who, on one weekend, they can be so well organised and give give a fantastic performance, and then the next weekend, a team runs right through them. To be buying consistency, and I think you start to see that outside the old firm on a regular basis. Um, but I, I watched the game against Celtic and I actually came on after that saying, look, I think Motherwell deserve a bit of credit. I think they were a bit unfortunate. Um, but to be honest, you never know what team's going to turn up. Some teams, as I say, can can run the run the old firm really close and and get then get hammered off somebody else outside mm-hmm. the old firm. So you never know. But I, I do think the Rangers will take our, two points. Our favourite commander caller, Simon, accused me of making a lazy assumption on Wednesday when I said that uh, Rangers would beat Kilmarnock. Uh, now, the lazy assumption I, I, I stand by because any time Rangers play Kilmarnock, I think Rangers will win that because they've got bigger squad, better players, etc, etc. And sometimes it backfires and good. But with the greatest respect to Motherwell tomorrow and Blair Spittle and Lennon Miller and all the rest. The bear, if you would. Yes. Rangers at home 
going for a five-point lead over Celtic. I will go to the lazy assumption mm. once again, and my lazy assumption is Rangers will win with a bit to spare. Mm. And that is your right, as is mine, to absolutely crucify you if you get that wrong <laughs> yeah, come yeah. five o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Motherwell's picture is a complex one, Simon, if you assess it via the stat that Philippe Clement brought up today. The league table tells you that they're an eighth. Um, were it not for that combination of results the other night, you might be looking, oh, is this going to be a, a tricky end to the season? Mm-hmm. And only Rangers and Celtic have scored more. So it doesn't take a brilliant football analyst to assess which area of the pitch has been more yeah. problematic than the other. The yeah. third highest scorers in the division. Right, sit eighth. That's, uh, that's interesting. Didn't, didn't realise that at all. Uh, listen, I, I covered the game last weekend and they made it really difficult in that first half for Celtic. Scored a great goal. Spittle is just picking... Goal after goal at the moment. Every goal seems to be better than the last one. He's in fine form. But Celtic, you know, played well second half and, and managed to get it over the line. Uh, will they go to Ibrox tomorrow and get a result? I do not think so. I think Rangers will win tomorrow. Oh one four one nine five one one oh two five. Thanks to Richard. No Oscar Cortez tomorrow for Rangers. What do you think about that one? Celtic fans, we've not actually... Focused on Callum McGregor's doubt How big an issue is that for you? The first part of the show was dominated by uh, Talk of Mark Lawwell's resignation Whilst you get your calls in And we're about to give the guys a full time teaser But as if that's not enough Let me run this past you Clyde One Live Celebrating the first 50 years Yes, we have announced our second act for Clyde One Live and it's Callum Beatty. Simon Donnelly, judging by his social media, goes to every single gig in Glasgow in the West, so I've no doubt he'll be there on the 31st of May. He'll join the likes of Amy McDonald and Callum Beatty at the Ovo Hydro and he wants you to join him there as well. So ClydeOne.com, that's where you get your tickets. Plenty more acts to be announced, so stay tuned in the coming weeks. It's Clyde One Live on the 31st of May, so get your tickets now at Clyde One. Dot com. It's all part of our 50th birthday celebrations here at Clyde One. There's a bit of a do tonight. That's why Hugh Evans he's got his shirt and tie on. Uh, Are you excited? I am. Yeah. Many glasses of wine are we talking? I, uh, no comment. Right, okay. <laughs> How Compared to the number of goals you think Rangers will score tomorrow versus your glasses of wine tonight? I'll win. Right, okay. But you'll be here tomorrow? Without question. Two o'clock. I'm a seasoned pro. Oh, you took the words. I was going to say that. What, pro seasoned, wine drinker? Seasoned pro. <laughs> I've passed many a Saturday afternoon fitness test in here. Well, I got the SPFL to make sure there were no early kickoffs tomorrow, so yeah. you're not on air until two o'clock. But anyway, Clyde One Live at the Hydro, 31st of May. Get your tickets now at Clyde1.com. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Oh, anyone watching on the live stream just saw Hugh Evans showing Simon Donnelly something <laughs> on the me, Nokia. Took me back about 20 years. I wonder what more. it could be. It was a message. Big time, Charlie. Here I go. It was a text message from Sir Rod Stewart. Oh, listen. Um, Simon Donnelly and I are humbled that you would spend your <laughs> yeah. Friday night with us rather than A-listers anyway before we go back to the phones let's get this question up and running The Full Time Teaser with Universal Interiors East Kilbride offering champion bespoke media units to put you right in the game 
Thanks to William for sending this question in And this is your call like we do every night For your questions If you think you could come up with something That the pundits will enjoy Get their teeth stuck into But ultimately struggle with The address you need is Full time at Clyde1.com William asks Can you name six players That have won the World Cup The European Cup slash Champions League And the Ballon d'Or Since 1980 so there are only six players who've won the World, World Cup, th- Champions League, the European Cup slash Champions League, same thing, sort of, and the Ballon d'Or. Ballon so they have Zidane. what a treble that is. Yes, Zinedine Zidane, World Cup '98, Champions League here in '02, and Ballon d'Or '98. Okay, Ronaldo. Which one? The real one. <laughs> no Brazilian. No. No, uh, it must be a European Cup Champions League missing. It must be that, is it? Because he's, he's done mm. the other two no, Don't see him on the list Unless mm. By our uh, okay. Usual ways We've missed it But no I think he, No Champions League for him Paolo Such, Rossi Oh he's What a shout that is Hugh Keevans I was Just certain that was the what one was, What was the date you said? He was 1980 What? 1980 So he won World Cup 82 Paolo European Rossi. Cup 85 And Ballon d'Or 82 Okay there, there are only six And you've got two yeah, already yeah, So I yeah. think that's that's okay We'll leave that one there Robert is in Knightswood How are you Robert? I'm good pal, you? Yeah good What are you thinking tonight? How are we doing Hugh? How are we doing Simon? Good, oh, good, good Robert. Robert Hugh's buzzing Robert he's, a, he's an hour max away from his first <laughs> glass of red At this night out I can barely contain him I'll tell you what mate That wee cardigan tie combo's doing it for me He's looking alright uh, He is, I like that <laughs> No I agree um, I think yep, you're looking apart Anyway, what you th- more importantly, we, we get distracted. What about the football, Robert? Um, yeah, I don't know if you remember. I was on like near the start of the season. I was talking about Cyril Dessels and even Sam Lammers. Um, I was saying that I thought, given time, Dessels had a bit of pedigree, as did Lammers. Uh, I think Dessels now is kind of showing his worth. Um, he's scoring all sorts of goals now. At the start, maybe he was kind of a wee bit nervous, but I think I've seen a, an interview with him today talking about like Tav's, the Tavernier's delivery and stuff Previously he'd been going to the back post And Tav would go to the front post He didn't, didn't really know his game But they've both adapted They're both on the same page I think also with Lammers I think Lammers was dealt a wee bit harshly I think Dessers will go on To score all sorts of goals for Rangers I think if he's still there next season If he's no sold for about 25 million <laughs> Stop like, it 80, 80 <laughs> Milan, I think he'll I, I think he'll finish top goal scorer I'll definitely do Even this season he's still got a shout But I think the boy Lammers, he's away, kind of ripping up in Holland as well. Um, honestly, I think I think the Rangers fans, not just Rangers fans, but um, I think maybe football fans sometimes are too harsh and too quick to judge a player, you know what I mean? So, aye, it's all good just now. I think it's really, really positive seeing how the boys turned it around. Robert, just, it was just it was all sort of sensible, just throwing that grenade in the middle about 25 million quid for serial Dessers and then yeah. just went back to like normal measured mode. I like Robert's style. I think even Robert knows deep down that 29-year-old Cyril Dessers ain't going to AC Milan for Dessers 25 million. However, is the classic example of someone who was going nowhere under Michael Beale, uh, likewise the, the entire team, uh, and then Clement mm-hmm. came in and did something. And he, he, he definitely a dangerous player. 25 does, million. See, no. on that though, does, does he not deserve credit as well? Because the reality of it is, and I know there's not a lot of love out there for Michael Beale, but we... We won't know if he would have got any better Because that's Robert's point Just look at the, the time frame of it We don't know if he was doomed to eternal failure under Michael Beale And it's Philippe Clement that's waved a magic wand 
or maybe, as Robert says, there's this mad notion that you can't judge people within the first two months and he needs to take time well, to find out where James Tavernier's going to put it and so on. The other side of that particular coin was that Philippe Clement, I think, looked at Sam Lammers and thought, mm, well, yeah, obviously, did and, you? and let him go to Utrecht. Now, Clement cannot be criticised by the Rangers fans because all the calls he's made so far have been the right ones. So he, he thought was something there to be worked on with Dessers and clearly did not believe he could get the same improvement mm. out of Sam Lammers. But they also didn't have as many options in that area. <coughs> you know, kind of ha- I'm not saying he was forced to keep Cyril Dessers, but if, if he'd let him go as well, then you're really short up there and is it hard to recruit a number nine? It's definitely going to be yeah, better. It, just, it looks as if he has needed a little bit more time. I think yeah. the, the guy himself at the beginning, I think came out and said as much you know just coming into Rangers as I said earlier on the show coming into clubs of that size sometimes it takes a wee bit longer to settle uh, there probably was a wee bit of negativity towards him he could maybe have felt that from the crowd you know that might have affected his confidence but he's, he's fought through it he's fought through it and you maybe have to give Clement a wee bit of praise there as well man management he might have you know, took him aside and spoke to him. We've seen him at different times as, uh, on the sidelines speaking to him. Whatever he's, whatever's happened has worked because he's he's now looking mm. a threat at that end of the hits the bar the other night. You know, he's looking a threat and he's looking a much more all-round player than he did when he first came in. So if it's a cup final, a hypothetical cup final tomorrow, Robert, is it Dessers ahead of Fabio Silva for you? 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think you've seen the difference as well uh, at Kamara the other night. Dester just leads the line better. You know what I mean? I think I think Silver's <clears throat> probably better coming on to the game more. I think I think Dessel's kinda of leads the line more. Mm-hmm. Silver's probably better receiving the ball and able to run and kinda of create things behind. Uh, but with Dessel's definitely he's a kinda of, he's a good target man. He leads the line well. I think you've seen it also with, with your boy um Cantwell, the time when he was kinda of all over the shop when when, when Clement first came and um Clement whipped him off, didn't he, just for half time. Yeah. Remember all that scenario, and it was almost like he's kind of stripped him back. It's almost like same Dessers, like almost kind of stripped him back and kind of took all our bad habits and and then turned them into a kind of Philip Clement type player. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, and they're, and they're kind of thriving under that environment, you know. Yeah, the players always say when asked that there's a simplicity that's been brought. I think that's a word that keeps coming up, making things simple. Um, the is that testament to Dessers then that what you said about you know he he would start a hypothetical cup final tomorrow because. It feels like in January, Robert, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a probably an assumption that the yeah, Dessers is getting better and, and he'll, he'll be fine and he'll play a part, but we signed this guy from Wolves and he's previously gone for £35 million or whatever. Is there kind of an, an assumption that he would be the main striker? Well, to be honest with you, I, I never thought that. I, I, I thought he, the boy was coming in and he was a kind of development player, do you know what I mean? Um, and he's coming in to maybe try and kind of bolster, rather back, maybe back up like the Dessers and kind of first choice players and I think against against um, Hearts last week I thought Silva looked fantastic with Dessers in front of him mm-hmm. um, I thought the two of them linked up really well they kind of read each other's game really well um, he also got a goal kind of running from deep you know what I mean so I, I thought the, the kind of link up play with him as a 10 behind him was, was fantastic um, but in terms of Dessers you know what I mean it's like when the first game he had to kick the ball for about three months as well because he was out injured before he came 
So he's kind of playing catch up for the first couple of months as well, and he looks really sharp now. I think. See, if we're talking about lessons, we'll never do it. By the way, we'll, we'll never stop judging players quickly. Um, but this guy came up when we were talking about Celtic earlier. Have you got the prime example at the moment in why you should have a bit of patience in Ridvan Yilmaz? Yilmaz. Yeah. Aye, brilliant. I think again uh, the kind of Clement effect we want to call it that. Um, even if you look at all the, all the kind of pictures and training or that with Yilmaz, he's, he's having a great time. You know what I mean? He's, there seems to be a kind of camaraderie amongst the Rangers squad just now that maybe wasn't there under Beal. I think I think Beal was very much that all that kind of whole kind of un- unapproachable style of management. Whereas I think Clement's the kind of guy who put his arm around a player, and certain players need that. And I think I think Yilmaz definitely is the kind of guy who needs a wee arm around him. I know his family and that are over here with him as well now, so maybe that's helped him settle. But in terms of stats, in terms of attributes, well, Yilmaz kind of ticks all the boxes, I think, to be a, to be a Rangers fullback for the next five, five, six years, I think. Well, we did a surprise package of the year in the winter break. If we were to do one at the end of the season, I wonder if Yilmaz would be in contention. Anyway, the manager's been praising his mentality, says the fullback has worked hard to ignite his Rangers career in recent months. He's made a really big uh, evolution last couple of months. He's grown in every sense, maybe not in every sense, uh, but almost in every sense. First, there were a lot of rumors around him in January, and I didn't see one second a difference in his behavior, in his training mentality, in his togetherness with the rest of the team. Not one second. So that's already a strong thing, because I've seen other things in the past. Not here, but in other clubs. Secondly, he's grown on the pitch. His level is higher physically, technically, tactically. Also, his resilience in the, in the duels, his passion. He's really popular in the dressing room also. He made a really good uh, integration into the squads uh, last couple of months. I don't think it was six months ago the case, all of those things. Credit to him. He's a fighter and we need fighters. And then I don't mind uh, how big they are in uh, in centimetres. I can't believe we've played a height joke on the night that Simon Donnelly, Hugh Evans, and myself <laughs> make up the, the Clyde One Super <laughs> Scoreboard team. But anyway, uh, we'll leave that there. We'll thank Robert. Enjoyed that call, Robert, and Knightswood. Uh, how are you two faring on this teaser? It's six players who've won the World Cup, the European Cup slash Champions League, and the Ballon d'Or since 1980. So it's yeah. quite a CV. Paulo Rossi. Zinedine Zidane Messi Yeah of course He's won the lot Simon Donnelly's a big You're a fanboy aren't you The best You're a big fan The best of them all and Do you know why I like that so much Because I like that you I'm not saying that you're right But I like the fact You've I'm not right. automa- <laughs> I know you are But you've not automatically Gone for your generation's guy So I always admire it more When I hear it from I Old su- men like you I was su- <laughs> What do you mean Or from my generation Because yeah, yeah, like, it's, it's Most people this is the best. Can't see past their generation's guy, but you've done it. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Simon's got one. Is we sidekick at Barca any Esther? No, I'm afraid not. Uh, Busquets. Nope. Remember, these guys barely got a look in the Ballon d'Or because he was around. He, he took them all. All no? the time. Uh, Messi, Zizou, Rossi. All I'll is tell you. Brazilian in there. Well, listen, you've overlooked 
certain proud footballing nation and that might be a good place to start but I'll give you some more thinking time uh, whilst I just quickly uh, remind you about something Clyde One are actually teaming up with Allied Vehicles at the moment to help them find some new technicians to join their team they're already specialists in Ford and Peugeot and they're going to expand to take on Citroen and Vauxhall so we're talking day shifts night shifts lots of availability if you're in the market for some work why not check out Clyde1.com all the details there about the roles, the salaries, shift patterns and how to apply. Head there at Clyde1.com. Check that out and we'll do the answers, hopefully, to the full-time teaser next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're on the home street It's the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Which means Hugh Keevans is getting closer to the Clyde One night out He's tapping his toe there during the break Getting ready, getting warmed up um, People of Glasgow in the West Watch out if you're in the city centre tonight This man is ready and raring to go However, he has to get the answers to the teaser first and thanks to William for sending it in thanks to Universal Interiors East Kilbride for helping us out as well uh, your question tonight six players they've won the World Cup the European Cup slash Champions League and the Ballon d'Or since 1980 which is an unbelievable uh, CV so you've got before the break Paolo Rossi Zinedine Zidane Lionel Messi um, I did give you a little clue Quite a big clue before the break that you've ignored a fairly proud footballing nation. Germany. No, it was Brazil. Oh, it was Brazil. Ah, sorry, I thought I thought I made that clear. Right, okay. Although Surely. you did give me the you gave me R nine who wasn't on it. I can't believe he wasn't on it. Uh, Stephen McLaren on Twitter went for Cannavaro. He didn't win the Champions League. Won the other two. Ronaldinho. Yes. Okay. Any others? Is there a German? No. You're not done with Brazil either. I'm not done with Brazil. Uh... Kaka. Yes, Hugh uh, Keevans, well done. Right, only one left to get, so we'll get them before the end of the show. I am absolutely certain. Big weekend ahead, Hugh. We've obviously mm. looked at the title race as we, we do every night and unapologetically uh, can't escape it. You look at Rangers with the chance to go ahead by five points again, lay down some sort of marker, Celtic need to respond. You can pick. Where, where do you want to go next? There is one story that utterly fascinates me, and it's Aberdeen Football Club. Oh, yes. I was there on Wednesday night. And I, I said to you... just about hear the booing. Before you left for Aberdeen, I said, you might get a bit lively up there. And it, it was, you know, that St. Johnson had won one away match all season. Swan into Pataudry, beat Aberdeen 2-0. I was supportive of uh, Neil Warnock's appointment because I don't like ageist arguments or any other kind of argument based on uh, things that you, you don't know how they'll work out. He is old, older than me even, and I respect his CV, but he's not doing it. And you have to look beyond the past if he's not doing it if St Mirren beat Aberdeen tomorrow then it's for the chairman Dave Cormack the owner uh, to react because they are slipping towards the relegation playoff zone 
I don't believe that they'll survive the visit of Kilmarnock in the Scottish Cup next weekend. And I think Aberdeen have got to be aware of the fact that this is not working out. It's a relegation battle yep. that has to be if you look at the table. They are still very close to the top six, but they're closer, I think, to the playoff spot. I'm sure yeah. I've got that right. Yes, closer yeah. to 27. Yeah, they're, they're four <clears throat> points clear of Ross County, who are 11th. Um, but they trail Dundee in sixth by five points. So you're closer yeah. to the, they're un- they're, they're the playoffs. Under, I've said it before on the show. The squad they've got, they're underachieving massively. But the longer it goes on without results, I mean, St Mun tomorrow, another difficult one for them. If they don't get the result there, it's. I mean, the, the result during the week's really poor itself, but. He seems to be going into these games and saying that Aberdeen are the underdogs in every game, which I don't think the Aberdeen fans yeah. want to hear. Again, I can't be a hypocrite. Any like really open, honest sound bites that we don't usually hear are kind of good for, for us in this yeah. show and we enjoy playing them, but with your kind of professional hat on, even though it's um, sort of saying, how can he be confident that they yeah. can escape relegation or well, I think we, said, we won't win? We I won't, think he's can you see us winning again if we play like well, that? It's all that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, he said he couldn't see them winning again. Which is, is worrying So if you're a player Are you thinking uh, Gaffer I'd, I'd quite like you To yeah, be able to see us winning Or, or is it just you, honest Although you said You said That he kept you waiting An hour the other night So I, I wouldn't have liked To have been in that dressing room Because I've seen snippets Over the years mm-hmm. uh, I don't think He Would hold back uh, it, it, behind, it, behind the scenes But You know I don't know If players respond to that nowadays I, I don't know But they're not getting results that, And the, the longer point. it goes The more concerning would you suggest that they would, if they don't get the win tomorrow, change the manager with nine games to go? I, I think it has to cross the mind of really? the owner. Yeah, just in the door, though. Well, I don't know, know, I get it. I would, like he, I say, I was he, there he might, the other night well, and I heard it. But. He, he, he might have been in there for an hour and he might strip the wallpaper off the walls. But he's not getting the response from the players that Aberdeen require him to get. Mm. And you know, it, it, they're sleepwalking. And they've got to mm-hmm. stop sleepwalking. If he doesn't win tomorrow, I think it's decision time. Big game at the bottom. The biggest game at the bottom would be St. Johnson Livy. Did the combination of results the other night finish Livy for you? Well, Seven yeah. points behind Ross County who have a game in hand. Yeah, uh, they're trying and they will go on trying. But St. Johnston, you have to think, will be buoyed by the win at Pataudry. Uh, they're not out of the woods yet either, but with home advantage against Libby. The big striker. Yeah. Yeah, fancy who, who, who took his goal exceptionally Brilliant. well. Brilliant. The second goal that St. Johnson scored. Terrific first touch and even better finish. So, yeah, I, I, I'm very much afraid it's just a season too far for Libby. Mm. Yeah, we said that, you know, big games across the division as well. What type of reaction Hibs get? They probably feel hard done by, will they, yeah. after the penalty decision yeah. in the derby? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And chances, the chances. Yeah, they the go game. to they host Ross County. They tomorrow. host Ross County. I would probably expect Hibs to go and, and and win that game, get the full three points. Uh, yeah, I think they'll. Listening to their manager after the game, the frustration was there that they didn't win that game during the week. So I, th- I think they'll they'll kick on and, and win at home. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, the, just you know, just draw again. Just yeah, draw every game. Mick Montgomery, the king of the draws. Uh, <laughs> you know, and to be fair to Don Cowie. He's gone about his work quietly. 
uh, and clearly he's getting a response from the players and they react positively to him. Uh, so Hibs have not done enough this season for me to say tonight, oh, they're a shoe-in, because they never are at Easter Road this season. And what is this, episode three of Tony Dock versus Derek, Derek McInnes? Was it not earlier this season? That was the one McInnes got sent off, wasn't it? For was it? Coming onto the pitch. Yeah. Remember he like cut the ball out as it was coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so it was quite hard done by actually, but anyway. Both, both um, are doing well. Yes. Both, both managers are doing well. Uh, draw, maybe. Draw. Well, it's a good weekend and the championship and beyond, honestly, so many good fixtures to look forward to. So I'm looking forward already. How fit Hugh Keevens is or not, we find out um, at two o'clock. But before we go any further, I need you two to finish off this teaser. We need one more who's won the World Cup, European Cup slash Champions League and Ballon d'Or since 1980. Paolo Rossi, Zinedine Zidane, Ronaldinho, Kaká, Lionel Messi. Nationality. Brazilian. Again. Brazilian. Again. Cannot believe Ronaldo's not one of them. I know it's int- look. This guy was an unbelievable player, obviously, to be on this. But you know, different, you, you different era. No, no, same era. Yeah, Carlos Roberto. It's always the attackers, really, isn't it? Oh, another clue. Who's the other main one that you've missed? So Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Rivaldo, Rivaldo. Oh. But so, I, I seen an amazing hat trick earlier on in Twitter. He's, for Barcelona Unbelievable mm. Includes an overhead kick Overhead kick it? was the third Yeah Best hat trick ever World Cup 2002 Champions League 03 And Ballon d'Or 99 So there Ronaldo. we go There we go That was a fast show Thank you yeah. very much Hugh Keevans and Simon Donnelly Hugh's getting his dancing shoes on So we'll see how he Waiter. feels Tomorrow Waiter. Well it's, I'm taxi driver first <laughs> Didn't he get you there So 2 o'clock tomorrow We'll be back Big weekend, what can Rangers do at the top? And then, of course, how will Celtic respond on Sunday? Whatever happens, we will take you through it all tomorrow from 2pm. Looking forward to it already. And right now, if you're not out to try and spot Hugh Keevans in the city centre, you stay right there. And we've got George up next on the GBX.